Dion? All right. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, guys. Um, my name's Dick Sanburn. I've got to share the privilege of speaking here at Huddle a couple different times, and, and I got to share kind of like my testimony and how I came to know Christ. Uh, my mom and dad planted seeds in my heart for a long time. This is the man that watered them and led me to the Lord. And the reason or the way he did that was through grace, love, and patience. And uh, the way he did that is because when I was younger and I knew it all, I, was, I, was, I would challenge him on biblical doctrine. And I did everything I could to get into an argument. I wanted to debate. I wanted to win. Because I wanted to be right. Because this is, way, this is what I knew. And I was so confident in what I knew. I wanted to prove to him that I, that I knew it. And what he did is he just kept pointing me to the Bible. What's the Bible say about that? Go check out this this book. Check out this scripture. And as I did that, what happened was I kept bumping my head on this question. Is Jesus who He says He is? Because if Jesus is who He says He is, then the things I'm... If He's not, the things I'm arguing about don't matter, right? But if He is... It should change your life. And I had to come face to face with that question. And I did. And on, on uh, February 16th, 1989, I pulled over the side of the road and I accepted Christ. But it was because this guy was showing patience. And this guy right here that I got my arm around is my father-in-law. Ireland Daniel McWhorter. Who lives on Tamoshanter Lane. <laughs> who was married to Patty. <laughs> went to Ireland three years ago went to Ireland three years ago that's right and um, Mac as everybody knows him has been here at Huddle since day one almost 18 years ago he's been sitting at a table and except for literally probably weeks that could be counted on a single hand that he's missed he has been here he has been faithful He's been a table leader. He has been a leader. If you, if you look around at the, one of the fullest tables where people are grabbing chairs from other tables and pulling them up, he's at the center of it. Amen. That's how much this guy's loved. So um, he's got a testimony that we want to share. But if you brought your book, I want to read the scripture that today's lesson is based on. We're on lesson eight. And it's from the book of James. Chapter 4, verse 1 and 10. I'm going to read this. Uh, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You don't have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that He jealously longs for the Spirit He has caused to dwell in us? But He gives us more grace. That is why the Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Mac is one of the most humble men I've ever met in my life. And uh, God has lifted him up. He's put him in situations where he can minister to people. If you've ever been to Cross America, Rick Weed, you see him out there every single day. He's working tables. Paul, you do too. Yep. Um, He is out there because he wants to share the love of Jesus. So this is structured instead of like a a teaching lesson. This is a this is kind of just kind of a question and answer. I'm going to pop a question to him and then I'll stop him at about 2:30. Okay? <laughs> Mac, why don't you tell us the story of how you came to faith? How you realized that God loved you and what it's meant to you? You want to hold that? You want me to hold it? I'll hold it. Well, maybe you should. All right, I'll hold it. You talk with your hands. <laughs> I've been a Christian for a long time. I've been a Christian for a long time. I've been serving God for a long time. And uh, I was raised just in seeing distance of the, of the waters of the, of the Lake Cumberland in the southern part of Kentucky. <laughs> and God uh, had Ten brothers and sisters, is a big family, and uh, but my, I, I'm, what I'm going to say is not don't have a lot to do with my family. As far as that, my family is okay, and most of them, but five of them are still alive. And I, I've done all kinds of stuff, and I'm, I'm going to cut some of this out. But I want to get right to the point. When I come to, when I come to Indiana and I got a job in Craftsman, Newcastle, worked over there eight months and off eight months and worked eight months again and went to Zimmer Trailer over in Elwood, headed this way and then worked there six months and I worked, they said the Craftsman was opening up here to Kokomo and I came over here and that's how I'm here. And I, the uh, electrician's daughter met her on Chrysler Building, and she wanted to marry right off because <laughs> she liked me. <laughs> <laughs> her and her dad came over to my house one Saturday morning, and he said, uh, I was kind of shocked, and I looked around. He didn't have a shotgun or nothing. So. <laughs> So I, I thought, what in the world, you know? I, 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 I only dated her two or three times before that. And she said, she, you need to tell her something. She's, she's wanting to have it. Is, is this it? Or you wanna, do you want to have a life with her or whatever? And she said, and she spoke up and told me, she said, will you marry me today? <laughs> oh, man. And I said, no, we don't know each other that way. I mean, that, and uh, how about next week? <laughs> and she said that. And I said, no, we still don't. I said, how about, next, how about the third week? And she went on up to six weeks. 
I said, let's talk about it. I'll help with that. We'll talk about that. But to make long story short, we were married in three weeks. <laughs> that, uh, of course, I was 28 years old. She was just 17 or 18. So I was about 11 years older than she was. So if I were to get married, it's about time, you know what I mean? <laughs> but anyhow, I, I, I told my wife, we got there, we, we got. We had that house built over there on, on, on uh, Palmerstown Road, just two blocks up from high school. And um, yeah, I, I know I didn't mention anything much about my dad, but he did drink a lot, caused a lot of turmoil in our family. And, and I said, I do not want that type of thing in my life. Uh, I could go into details on it, but wouldn't help anyone. But, I said, I want a Christian home, and I want God to be in it, you know. And uh, and I, t I told her, I said, uh, as we got into that new little new house, and I said, I'm going to church. And uh, I have known the Lord for, before that, but I don't know, you have a tendency sometimes to get distracted, and, and I wasn't happy with my relationship with God. And I said, I'm hungry for this what I had before. And I said, I went to this church and I think they invited, they maybe invited us to their church since we said a new house, sometimes they do that. So we went to this church, and I don't mention the church because I'm not trying to raise people for that church, but it's a good church. But I went over there that morning and I tell you, and I went into, into the church. I'll tell you what, heaven, heaven came down all over me. It was unbelievable what I experienced. It was so great, I just couldn't hardly obtain it. It, was, it looked like it was hitting everybody. Man, I loved it. I was so excited. I, I don't know how it lasted, but when I finally went to move out and uh, after it lifted all this, man, God just came down. I just, it was just so wonderful, man. And you don't see that much in the churches today. It is sad to me. But I had a pack on the shoulders. He says, he said uh, behind me, he says, how'd you like the service? <laughs> oh, man. I loved it, man. It was just awesome. And he, I, I didn't even see the man's face. I don't even know what he looks like. And I got to thinking what he was. It could have been an angel. Because I felt like it was angels in that place that morning. And he said, how do you like that? I said, oh, this is awesome. He said, the more to be had if you wanted. I said, who wouldn't want what we just experienced? That's exactly the word that I said. And God put such a hunger in my heart. To worship and praise Him, at that time, at that time, there was revivals. You know, little revivals going on. We don't see them today, as far as I know. If you do, they're very few and far between. And man, every time I, every evening, we get ready, go out. I go in places to seek God, man. I, I just seek. I was hungering and thirsting after righteousness, and Jesus said, "If you hunger and search after Me, I'll fill you up with Me." Oh, man, he was doing it every time I went. I said, hey, you couldn't hardly stop. One of the brothers in here was talking one day, and he said, 
Well, how was that one that was not, when you did that, we had an online prayer meeting at Foursquare Church. I, God wanted me to praise him and bless his name. For two hours or longer, I worshiped him highly, shouting it out, praising Jesus and lifting him up. And then when his time came, he said, that's enough. He said, you can stop now. And I knew he wasn't going to stay in the prayer meeting any longer that night because I'd done what he wanted me to do. God wants to be worshipped. We're not doing it in the churches like he wants to. And, and I kept doing that. Every time I could, it was for about four months. I sought God like that. I was just hungering after it. I can't explain the desire that I had to receive this from God. And after about four months, this happened. I was all, I went to a lot of different places. There was a, a brother was in this church well, that night. I was praying. I think it was the fourth for our church. As I was praying. A lot of times I stood and I prayed. I felt my arms was cold, clear down to my elbows. Brother, I was dead serious about getting hold of God. Wasn't any doubt. In my mind, I wanted him so bad. And that night, this brother, which went to prison, went to prison ministers a long time with us after that, since then. This is, uh, this is the very beginning of this thing for me when I'm talking right now to get what I had. I've done a lot of things since then, but he come up and says, brother, this is your night, don't give up. I don't know what happened. The next moment, I was laying stretched out in front of the alders, facing up. And two big hands came down and picked me up, carried me out into a desert place where you couldn't see nothing but just sand for horizon to horizon, and gently set me down on that sand. And what he did, he turned around and poured himself in me. And the scripture came to me at that time, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And that's exactly what I was experiencing. And it went on for a good long while. After a while, I, I began to kind of come out of it. And while I was doing that, all kind of praise and glory and lightning and languages I had never learned came out of me. And when this finally calmed down, and I started to raise up that one of those big hands just laid down on my chest. I said, son, I ain't done with you yet. He kept, he kept pouring himself in me. And after this went on for a good long time, even after that, and it began to lift, and I began to try to, try to get up, I couldn't walk. And the Bible told, tells, at that time, he says, out of your innermost place shall grow rivers of living water. And he also said, when you, when you get like this, don't be drunk on wine or in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And I have been filled with the Spirit where I couldn't walk. And there's two of the guys from the east side of the church come out to get me. They took me in. Well, I walked between them. We got out of the house. And I don't know how I got home, but anyhow, some of them must have took me home. 
And the next morning, I started to get up and it hit me again. Now God just came on me again and lasted for about a half an hour. And in fact, I got up and I was talking to my wife. And the God had filled my mind with so much ministry and so much talking. I couldn't hardly speak. I couldn't hardly. I was speaking so fast. And, and I'm going to tell you this while I'm in the middle of this part of it. And I was so backward and bashful, I couldn't talk to people before this. God just totally wiped that out. My wife said, you, 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 you're, not, you're going to have to learn your language all over again. She said, no, we can't keep up with these. She said, you'll talk to people like that. They'll think you're rude. And I had to really, really work on myself to slow down what I was saying because the Holy Spirit was in me so powerful I couldn't, I couldn't be still. And, and I wake up every morning, even yet, this has been 50 years, 58 years ago. Even yet this morning, every morning I wake up, I wake up I'm nearly an hour early and I lay there if I don't get up right away. He said, my mind's being bombarded. It's like a computer with the worship and praise of God and the ministries that I'm going to be doing that same day. I know this might seem odd to you, but I asked a question one day. I said, can we get so back far away from God that when he does start to work, we won't want to do it? I know that... Some churches has gotten back from it, but God has done it ever since I have it happened to me. He's been going all the time. I can just be up with one customer. And finally, when when I when I got out there, when I got home, and when I woke up the next morning, my my wife said, "You you're going to have to slow down. I can't understand what you're saying." <laughs> But I, I, I have never experienced anything like that ever in my life before. And uh, it has never stopped. And I am not the, I'm not the same person that went have that night. God has totally changed my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He loved, he, his love and his mercies upon everybody. I tell you what. And I... And I've done a lot of crying because of his presence. <laughs> it is great. Sometimes I wake up in the night praying. And these things in my mind, ministry stuff. You know, someone asked me, did you bring your notes with you? I don't use notes. God just uses his presence to get me to go on, you know. And, uh, oh, man. And, and ever since then, this brother that came up and prayed with me that night at the church, he's gone now, but he was like I was. He was kind of backward and bashful too. But after that time, we went to Pendleton a lot of times together, worshiping down there and to them guys in the, in the prison. God has done all kinds of things in my life since then. And I can't believe still. We got a church at noon. We take the little girls and my get car to the nursing home and we pray to the old lady. Ladies, ladies, love them kids. When you go in there, I asked this little lady, I said, are you going to come up to the cafeteria first service today? And she said, she said, I don't know. I don't feel very good. And we got up there and them, 
them wheelchairs was rolling up them aisles, man. It was coming from their way up there. I love to see, I love people. I just love to see God work in the lives of people. Amen. And that's why I can't quit. I gotta My keep God. going. I get sometimes, I'm, I'm a pushing 89 years old. And uh, it, <laughs> it's great, it's greater to me than I think there was. And I can't hardly talk about this very much. I said, I told, I told somebody if I got to tell, give this talk, I said, I'm not going to be able to be quiet because I'm going to cry. And I hope you don't mind because when you cry, God has made you so tender hearted you can't handle it. It's so great. He is so great. And it makes Him so big in your life. Glory to God. Glory to God. I love Him and I praise Him all the time. And I tell them over there to, to talk to people around tables like that. I said, I want to tell you something. I says, if you're a Christian, he's coming. He's coming soon. Make sure that your relationship with him is up to date. Make sure that you're ready. And if you're not a Christian, he's only a whisper away. You don't even have to walk up an aisle in the church. You can just say yes, Lord, to him. He's right there. He's never turned nobody away. He wants to more than you want to let him. God wants to fill you and fill you to the overflowing. All of us, God wants to fill us. To where they can be, we can be a lighthouse before we go to people around us. Because our time is running out. I believe it's really close at hand. I tell you people all the time, make sure you're ready because you're not going to have time to change in the last minute because he said it's going to be in a twinkling of an eye he's going to be he's coming that quick I was told how how long a twinkling of an eye is it's, it's really it's really quick he's coming quick this world has, and I remember what he was talking about when I was growing up you know things would change you follow a horse and a mule to plow your stuff with you know and and knowledge is just skyrocketed in the last few years. Up to that time, it just kind of in a straight line. Now it's almost straight up. Mm -hmm. He said, "These days, knowledge will be advanced before when he returns." And he said, "The activities we see around—if you are a Bible reader, read Matthew the twenty-four. It'll tell you that we're right in the middle of the time that he says he's going to return." He said it'll be a day and an hour, but if you think not, he's coming. And we have to be ready at all times. I, I, I don't want to see anybody lost. We need to keep ourselves up to date. I don't know you guys may at the top be at the top of your relationship with him. I hope you are. But if you're not, it's so easy. And there's so much to lose. Glory to God. There's so much to lose. We lose heaven, we lose it all. We've got to be there with him. He wants us to be with him. And we go, there's only two places I tell people. Someone made a nuns and then about this last week or with the four last one speakers, he says, where are you going or where you're going to be when you get, draw your last breath? Where are you going? It, it, it's a quick, quick, quick question he was asking somebody so they would think about it a little bit. And we need to think about that. And my relationship with God 
Is he great enough to lift us off of this earth when he returns? He's going to ascend from heaven. He's not coming to earth. He's going to call us to him. In the meantime that he's doing that, he's, he's fitting you with a brand new body. Lord. One that will never die. Glory to God. Glory Amen. to God. Amen. He's got it all set up for us. And he's coming soon. And I don't only want to be ready, but I want to help other people be ready. If there's any question in your mind, don't delay. Make sure he's on the throne of your heart. The reason I do is because I'm, I'm in ministry every day. And I love it. I love it. But we have to do things. If God puts it in, he, if we're to put it out. If we don't put it out, it'll get stagnant. He wants to give it into us every day. And then we, we give it out and he puts more fresh in. That's how it works and how we stay fresh in him. And oh, he's so very great. I don't, I'm not telling you some of your people that some of anything that you don't already know. He's, he's great. He's probably been great to most of you. He's been saved very long. But we can become stagnant and not fruitful like he wants us to be. And we need to get involved in it and get going with it. And the more you pretend to get into it, the more it happens. The more you share your witness with somebody. If we over, we're overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the words of our, witness, words of our testimony, We've got to be in a position to give that and live that out every day. And we've got a real enemy we fight again here. We can't allow him to rob us of our victory. He does it through all types of things. Just invite him in and keep him fresh in your heart. Glory to God. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> I get carried away when I... When I'm in work, I had a lady that said, well, I, said, I got to talk to this other woman a few minutes. I said, you're fine. You'll be okay. Just you'll go ahead. I'm here just to take some of your time. You're going to throw away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I want to tell you guys, I've been in this a long time, and I love you, and I don't know how much time I've got left. Nobody knows that, I guess. But I want you to know I love you, and I appreciate you so much. All the times I've been here, I'm, we fought bad storms and snow and everything get up here and everything and I'm getting one of these days I may not have may able to drive somebody asked me the day, are you still driving I said yeah somebody said, I got used to go to church I said we've got to stay behind him because it's not safe if you try to go around <laughs> if you see him on the road and he's closing one eye to see which one the real line is just stay away from him I have a I have, uh, what you call it, a double vision in one of my eyes, you know. <laughs> I, I can blank it. Here's the thing, but it's what you'd probably like. I can go fishing, and I've got two floats out there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lake in the back of his house over there, and I go over there fishing once in a while. I see them two floats. Somebody asked me like, this question. Says, how do you know what floats is on your line when there's more people out there? Been fishing pretty close to you. Well, he said, when, when one of them goes down, if it's on my line, then both of them go down at the same time. <laughs> but he was making a kind of joke out of it, but I, I never realized that it's like that. And I, I went to a doctor, he checked, he can't figure out what's going on. I said, well, 
I don't do that. I can make my idea go away and it'll come back. Now, when I was going down the road, if that white line on the outside starts coming in towards the middle line, I'll just, I'll just blink my eye and it goes back. <laughs> I don't know. And I watch, I have to watch that and drive too because I, I want to make sure that I stay on my side of the road, you know. But <laughs> that's just something that happens to you, I guess. I guess you get older and you have problems come up on you like that. <laughs> but, you know, it, God is so great. He wants just to have fun and have laughter and enjoy one another. Man, I tell you what. I, I get I so happy when I'm around people, you know, that like-minded and we can just share all kinds of stuff and build each other up. I, I can't hardly keep talking about how great he is when I'm in a group. I just something he, he done it. I can't do anything. I can't change it. Amen. And I just love to do it. So, And no wonder he calls me to hunger so hard after him is because he knew I would do it. You know, I, I, I was thinking about the disciples, you know, we always talked about Peter getting his foot in his mouth all the time. He, you know, he, he'd get in a little trouble. But when God came on into him, when him, when they really got the Lord in him, he preached and 1,500 people got saved. Glory to God. I can, I can praise God for God, what God is doing, man, to people. Used to, I used to shout the wall down just about, man, I tell you, we're afraid to do it in the church today. We're afraid we somebody we called up on the carpet or something, you know. God wants us to praise Him openly, yes, and and He wants that. Oh, He loved that that night that I prayed that time. Everybody in the church is quietly quit, but praying. I guess I hope that it was because they was enjoying what I was saying more than it was when there was a praying. But I couldn't quit. You heard that song, I just can't quit. Praising his name, I just can't quit. It goes on. God wants you to praise him. He's worthy. If there's anyone in the universe worthy, he is. Because he's taken us to a place. Oh, man. Where he's built a city called Jerusalem. 1,500 miles high. Can you imagine this? It's also 1,500 miles wide. And you know, one of these days, the sun is going out. And the power of God is going to, the energy of the Godhead is going to be in the top of that city and he's going to be lit. The earth's going to be lit through his power. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh man, when he gets in me, I can't stand it, you know. But I tell you, God is good. I don't, I'm not one to rumble and go on with something that ain't joyful. But God, let him be the Lord of your life. Mm-hmm. Happiness and joy is beyond measure. It's beyond measure. I lost my wife and I miss her. But I'm going to see her again. Amen. I miss. I lost a granddaughter. I want to see her again. I want to tell you a story, a short story about seeing my granddaughter. We lost her, her my first oldest granddaughter. She's eight and a half years old. She got killed in a sledding accident in Greentown about 24, 25 years ago. 
and this about wiped all of us out. It was so bad, we almost died from it. I thought my daughter wasn't going to recover, but I worked with her constantly. Little by little by little, she got over it. And about a year later, I was in the backyard, cracking walnuts for some of the kids was in the backyard playing. And her name, this, this little girl that died was named Megan. And she come walking in the door. She come in the garage. Walked up to, to me, got up in my lap like she always did. She said, hi, Grandpa. I don't think I could speak. I don't think I said a word. Like I just said, she said, you tell him, Grandpa. I can't now, but you can. And a few seconds later, she turned around and went back out. And my wife was in the kitchen. She said, what's going on out there? I guess I was really carrying on. She said, yeah, I told her, I said, you're not going to believe what's happened. Megan is come back, come back and talk to me. Oh, I know she, she's going to be there. And the people that you know, I told someone the other day, it says that one of the worst things of growing old is you will lose a lot of people. We lose, we lose a lot of people. And uh, I, I can just point out a lot of people here lost their wives and people just recently. And it hurts, it's painful. But the wonderful thing about it is, if you're a Christian, you're going to see them again. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. <coughs> it's going to happen. It ain't something. A figure of someone's imagination. God is real. God is as real as I am real sitting right here. And he'll back up everything that he says to us. He wants you to be happy. And he wants you to be fruitful. He wants the joy of God flowing through us. That the world might see him through us. That's the whole thing he wants to do. I'll, I'll, somebody, I'll, I'm running out of time here. I'm going to give it. I love you guys, and I want you to know that. If there's anything I can do or say any time to encourage you to help you, I'm there. That's my job. That's what he wants me to do. And I get the most great glory of all by doing it. Lord bless you. Let me say a short prayer for you. Lord, I thank and praise you right now because of who you are. That you're not a figment of our imagination, but you're real. And you're coming back soon to take your people home. God, in my desire, Lord, right now, is to do the best I can with your help to touch your lives as many people that I can. I lift you up right now, Lord Jesus, and I give you praise and glory mm -hmm. because you're worthy, oh God. You're worthy. I just pray, God, that you minister to each man that is here, God, and fill them with your full, fullness of your spirit, God. They can operate, Lord, in whatever manner that, God, you call them to do, that you'll be ready in season and out of season, that you'll be ready at the moment you call them for service, God. And I give you praise and glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, man. Um, <laughs> I have the privilege of hanging out with this guy. Can you imagine that? Um, and even more so, um, I have the privilege that uh, this man is the uh, grandpa to my kids. And the influence that he has on our family tree is amazing and I'm grateful.
One of the things I really appreciate about Mac is what we just heard, um, the challenge. Don't get comfortable. Don't be comfortable. Make sure that we're chasing God like He deserves. Making sure that we're worshiping God the way He deserves. And Mac is a constant reminder of that. Mediocrity is not okay. We're going to get better, and then we're going to fall back. But we got to keep trying. Keep looking at where we're at, where our faith life is, and we got to strive to get better. Amen? Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. So, uh, what few minutes we got left here?